another hope-filled message from Life. For more information about our church, visit lifeau.org. We are today, we're going to jump straight into the message and uh, I'm really believing that God's just going to speak to us all. In fact, I'll say it, God is, He's going to speak to you today. Whether you've just thought, oh, I'll just jump online because I better or whether you're someone who's like, you know, makes so many comments that you're so busy writing comments that you're not really listening. I'm just praying that today in whatever season you're in, however new you might be or however long you've been in faith, that today God is going to speak something clear into your heart. He's going to drop something into your spirit. And I actually want to be quite practical today. And I want to talk about how I hear from the Holy Spirit. And so it feels a little weird to transition like this, but there is no transition. We're just going to carry on, but let's pray, eh? And we'll go straight into it. Father, we do thank You that You are the God who's with us. Right now, Lord, we just believe that we haven't transitioned out of worship, but we're going to continue in Your presence to lean into You, let You speak. I pray in every home, in every heart, right now, the presence of God would increase. Whatever distractions may be going on, I pray, Lord, that You would have our undivided attention. We wanna hear from You. We love You. And we give You all the honour in advance for everything You've done, everything You're doing. In Jesus' Name, everybody said, Amen. Amen, Amen. Well, I am going to, at moments, ask for some response, even though I can't hear you. I just know that uh, spiritually, in the spirit realm, I know it does something. And uh, again, not about propping me up, but about us being able to grab hold of those moments that God is speaking and leading and us owning those moments. And so I am going to ask you at moments to clap, maybe to shout down. Uh, I know Joelle right now is shouting down and uh, saying, preach it as she does always from the front. She's amazing. But we started the series called The Whisper. The Whisper. And it's all about how God speaks and how the Holy Spirit moves in our lives. And Nadia mentioned quickly 12 things last week that the Holy Spirit does. And I'm gonna jump straight into it, but the Holy Spirit teaches us. He dwells in the believer. He gives revelation. He empowers us. He is wisdom. He guides in truth. He gives spiritual gifts. He seals our salvation. He helps in our weakness. Amen. He intercedes for us. He convicts us. Hear that? He convicts us. He helps shape and mould our lives. When we're out of line, He brings us back into alignment. We are not always the hero in the story. And He helps us bear fruit. And I think we can all say, Lord, we need more of the Holy Spirit. Lord, we need more of Your presence in our lives, in this season, in this moment. God, we need more of You. And now I've been living with God for quite a number of years now. But I pray this is the same for you, whether you're relatively new in faith or maybe you've been in faith a long time. I pray this is the same for you, that we never ever get too familiar with the fact that our God speaks to us that He individually puts things in our heart, speaks things into our spirit. The same God who spoke creation into being, the same God who holds the universe in His hand, 
The Creator of all the world speaks to you and He speaks to me. And He shows us things and He reveals stuff we don't understand. And He gives us an ability and He teaches us and He shapes our lives and He's intertwined with who we are. I tell you, that just blows my mind. It's absolutely incredible to think that He actually enjoys, hear this, He enjoys doing life with you and He enjoys doing life with me. And today what I want to do is I want to open up with this Scripture that talks about the reality of Jesus in His journey getting to the point where He's talking to His disciples and He's saying to them, guys, I've got to go so that the Holy Spirit can come and it's better that I go than I stay because the Holy Spirit is going to be like me, like me, but He's not going to live in the bodily form in one person, but He's going to live inside of you and He will be active and alive with every single person. Every person that believes, the Holy Spirit is going to come inside. And so He, he has this moment where He's talked about the gift of the Holy Spirit coming in John 14. And the promise of who the Holy Spirit is. He talks about the, in John 15, the importance of staying connected to the vine, staying connected to God, staying connected in the church, staying connected in the body, staying connected in His Word. And then in John 16, He talks about the significance of the Holy Spirit coming. And we're going to pick it up in uh, verse 7, in John 16, verse 7 to 15. And He says this, He says, But very truly I tell you, it is for your good that I am going to go away. And unless I go away, the Advocate, hear that, if you're wondering, oh, I don't know about this Holy Spirit, seems a little bit out there. No, the Advocate, or another version says the friend or the counsellor, come on, he will, if I don't go away, he will not be able to come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will prove the world to be in the wrong about sin and righteousness and judgment. About sin, because people do not believe in me. About righteousness, because I am going to the Father where you can no longer see me. And about judgment, because the prince of this world now stands condemned. I want to break this down real quickly. When He comes, He will prove the world to be in the wrong about sin and righteousness and judgment. One of the roles of the Holy Spirit is to bring conviction into our lives to actually convict us of the areas that, like I said earlier, need alignment. See, it says here, what is the most fundamental sin? The most fundamental sin of all people is actually unbelief. Because people hear that in verse 9, do not believe in me. See, we were all born into sin. We are all born in a position where we are yet to make a decision of belief. So the very first step that the Holy Spirit wants to do is to convict us in our hearts of needing to take a step of faith to believe in Jesus. And the awesome news is, is that it's open to everybody. It's not exclusive. But that when we invite Jesus, when we take a decision to believe, at that point, sin has no longer hold over our lives. We have freedom in Christ and we are able to live in His fullness. Amen. How good is that? Thank you, Jesus, that the Holy Spirit leads us into relationship with God. And the incredible thing is that it also, in regards to righteousness, Jesus came, lived a life that is a life that was perfect, a life that was far greater than any life that we could live in our natural ability. But at the same time, He raised the standard. 
And he raises this reality of living in right relationship with God. When we become Christians, we don't settle in our old ways. We actually conform to Jesus, to live a life like Jesus and to model Him. And the Holy Spirit wants to align us and enable us to live the life like Christ, to live a life that is bigger than we can on our own. And the truth of it is, if we're going to live in the fullness of the life that Christ has called us, we can't live it without the Holy Spirit. We can't do it in our strength. I'm not that good enough. You're not that smart enough. We aren't able to do it in our own power, but with the power of the Holy Spirit, we are able to live Christ-like lives. And then it goes on to say also, He's going to bring judgment about judgment because of the prince of this world now stands condemned. What is that saying? That's saying, hear this, in the craziness and godlessness of society and everything that's going on, don't lose sight of the reality that God has already won the victory. Don't lose sight of the fact that the enemy stands condemned. He is under the feet of Jesus. He is not in control. He is not high above. He is not dueling it out with Jesus. Jesus has won the victory in Christ. Come on, we carry a name of our triumphant risen Saviour who is over all and in all and will lead through all. I know I'm pretty stirred up and passionate, but hear it. In everything you're facing right now, don't you forget who's won. Don't forget whose side you want. Don't put yourself into a season, into a situation where you feel like you're the one dueling this whole thing out and carrying the weight of everything that's going on and will I get through and can I make... Christ has already won the victory. If you're in the chat, say, hey man, put some fire symbols up, do a thumbs up, do a pound it, whatever you got to do, some holy hands. But seriously, amen that in your spirit. He's won. The enemy's condemned. We're on the winning side. And then he says this, he says, I have so much to say to you, more than you can bear now. But when He, the Spirit of truth comes, He will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on His own. He will speak only what He hears and He will tell you what is yet to come. How awesome. He will glorify me because it is from me that He will receive what He will make known to you. All that belongs to the Father, to God, is mine, says Jesus. And that is why the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, will receive from me what He will make known to you. I love this part of the Bible because, and I love this part of the Scripture because He describes the Holy Spirit 10 times saying He, He, He. When it comes to the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is personal. It is a person, the person of the Holy Spirit. It is not an it. It is not something out there that's only for a select few. No, He, He will speak to you. And He will speak truth and He will reveal and He will be like Jesus alive, living, speaking, dwelling, leading from the inside out. I think when it comes to hearing the Holy Spirit, what we can so easily do is we can isolate hearing from God to major moments and something that is just a one-off event. But I had this thought, we, that we need to actually normalize our divine dialogue and daily discussion. We need to normalize our divine dialogue and enable it to become a common daily discussion. What is that saying? 
we can sometimes hear like Pastor Nadia preached so well last week. She mentioned about, and then God sold me this. And then I was also doing that. God showed me this. And we can go, wow, God speaks to you so much. I never really hear Him. How do you hear Him? And we can find ourselves thinking that it's for some sort of spiritual elite that get to hear from God. We're here. Jesus is saying that the Holy Spirit that lives in you, He's going to speak to you. And I actually think when He's saying this Scripture in verse 12, He goes, I have so much to say to you. More than I can be, I feel like there's an excitement in Jesus' spirit about this moment because he's going, there's so much I want to reveal. I mean, what I'm saying to you now is deep, guys, but there's actually so much more I'm going to reveal to you. There's so much more I'm going to say. And when you hear it from the Holy Spirit, understand this, it's coming from me, which then comes from the Father in heaven. They're united. They are one. They speak the same. They link to the same. The possibilities that God said is the possibilities that the Holy Spirit makes available. The promises that Jesus declared are the promises that the Holy Spirit makes available. They are not separate. The Holy Spirit doesn't promise things on His own pathway. No, He aligns with the Word of God. He aligns with the promise of God, the ability of God, and He makes them available to all of us. It is not some outside concept that are only for a few but I'm believing that through this, we're going to all have a new confidence just to say, you know what? That was God. That moment then, that was the Holy Spirit. That word that was spoken, that was my word. That situation God just showed me, wow, that was a God moment. It wasn't just an idea of mine. It wasn't just a coincidence. No, that was a God moment. And in the God moments that He speaks into our life that are personal and provide revelation, we're going to be able to own them and identify them and then step out in them and see God do what He is destined to do in and through our lives. So here I'm going to do a really practical. I'm going to speak on and share with you how I personally hear the Holy, the Holy Spirit. How I hear the Holy Spirit. You up for it? You ready? Got some notes. It's, again, it's going to be very easy and practical. I'm not a complicated guy. But number one, how I hear the Holy Spirit. Invite. I invite Him. Do you know that the most common prayer I pray is simply Holy Spirit? Holy Spirit. I always, in different situations and circumstances, my first words that come out in a moment where I'm like, gosh, that's bigger than me. Oh, there's a decision that needs to be made. How am I going to navigate this? What should I do in that moment? Oh, it's Holy Spirit. And I invite, I call on the Holy Spirit to speak and to lead in that moment. I don't make decisions and then go back and go, Holy Spirit, was that what you wanted? No, I speak, Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come in the face of temptation, whether it be to rage at something or whether it be keeping the renewing of my mind in seasons and situations. I say, Holy Spirit, help. Holy Spirit, lead. Holy Spirit, in this meeting, God, I need your guidance. I need your wisdom right now. I don't understand the enormity of how this all comes together, but Holy Spirit, I know you do. So Holy Spirit, help. It's very simple. I just invite. You know, I recently, and I sort of change up my method of quiet times and things like that and devotional time, but I think for me, it helps it stay fresh. Uh, but I wrote down, uh, a number about a week or two ago, I actually wrote down a, a prayer that I want to start every day with that I've been starting uh, in my quiet time and devotions and just uh, read a bit. And then I just have this moment where I read this prayer and it flows as it does naturally. But at the same time, the first prayer 
the first thing that's written down in my daily prayer is come Holy Spirit. I want to ask the question, is the first thing you do is to invite His wisdom, to invite His empowerment, to invite His counsel? In this moment of snap lockdown, was the first thing to react or was it to invite Holy Spirit? How are we going to navigate this? You know, we sent that email and that little video about the number five. I like you. When I heard that was like, gosh, this is challenging. Challenging to lead myself. And then it's the reality of leading us as a church, which I've been entrusted the responsibility to do that and God's mantled us for it. So as much as I'm going, God, I need to lead me. God, what do you want to say to everybody? And there's a weight in that moment of like, gosh, I've got, what am I going to give? And then God says, look up the number five. Look it up. Number five represents God's grace. He says, I'm going to grace us and I'm going to grace the church. I'm going to grace every individual. I'm going to grace every family. I'm going to grace every couple, every single person. I'm going to grace them in this next season. I'm going to grace. My grace is there. And I find myself going, God, you're amazing. Something leaps in my spirit. Then there's something fresh of God to be able to give to God's people and to comfort in this season and lead us forward, knowing God's there. But it comes out of an invitation. Holy Spirit, help. Best prayer you can pray is Holy Spirit, help. So number one, invite. Number two, listen. Listen. You're great. This isn't very complicated. I don't think God's complicated. I don't think the Holy Spirit's trying to hide. I don't think Jesus is trying to make it really hard for us that we're gonna have to have a whole lot of degrees to be able to understand His voice. No, He's speaking. Listen. Nadia preached so well. If you didn't get last week's message, you've got to get last week's message. It so aligns and dovetails, sets this moment up. But listen, He's speaking. You've got to listen. So many times we say to our kids, and I know it's for myself, is, you know, I'm speaking. It's like, are you listening? Yeah, yeah I am. What did I say? Ah. Uh, we, we kind of hear, but we don't register and we don't truly hear. I felt at the start of this year in my spirit, God say to me, Craig, I want you to read more of my word than ever before. More of my word than ever before. See, Romans 10, 17 says, Consequently, faith comes by hearing the message and the message is heard through the word of God. Hear, hear, listen, listen. How do I listen? Read His word. Read His Word. Why do you think the enemy's biggest attack on every believer is to enable us to have not enough time to be able to have our prayer or have time of personal worship or have time reading the Word of God? Why do you think that is? It's because He wants us to live starving. He wants us to live malnourished in our faith. So much so that we will be hungry to consume anything that looks tasty. He wants us to be in a place that we're so hungry that we're willing, like Esau, to remove our birthrights, to just taste something of stew that's going to satisfy us for a moment. He wants us to not drink from the water of His well that springs up to eternal life. He wants us to be so thirsty that we'll drink whatever rubbish is put in front of us. Whatever quick fix, whatever sugary tasting idea, theology, moment, feeling comes along. Oh, drink that, which satisfies you for a moment, but leaves you thirstier on the other side of it. Why does He try and distract us away from hearing from Him and having time with Him and reading His Word? Because He wants us hungry that we would eat anything, starving, malnourished in our faith. He wants us dehydrated because when we're dehydrated, we're disorientated. And I believe that God, He wants to take us from a place of just having a drink every now and again. Nice glass of water here. Having a drink every now and again, 
ah, such a good drink and we need a drink. How many is it liters a day is it? I'm not sure for the fitness people out there, two liters a day or something. He wants us to drink like that. But often what we actually settle for is we settle for just a little spray of His presence. Oh, I actually did not think about the reality I'm wearing glasses and they are covered in water. Gosh. Hey, here's a thought. He wants us to, enemy wants us to live with a sense of being saturated on the outside. A perspective that looks like through our eyes, oh, we're good, we're saturated. But on the inside, on the inside, we're still dry. Come on a Sunday, get the worship. Oh, it's so great. The Word, it's great. Saturated. But there's nothing that's gone down into the inside. And in fact, Jesus put it like this. He said, actually, to the woman at the well, if you give me a drink, I'd give you living water. And I don't want you just to drink every now and again where you have access to go and just get the drink or access on a Sunday to His presence and a, a moment in worship, a moment in somebody else's revelation. No, I, I, I want to give you living water that dwells on the inside. That you can do life. Come on, with the Holy Spirit hydration. Hope this is making sense right now. Come on, that you can draw on Him. And in the activity of your life, in the busyness of what He's called you to, in the areas of the fact that it's gonna cost us something to live this faith. And it's not gonna be always easy. And things are gonna come against us. We're hearing Him. We're leaning into Him and we're drawing on Him. And we can drink and we can drink on the go as we keep going. Come on, a wellspring on the inside of us, John 4 says, a wellspring on the inside of us that wells up to eternal life. He wants us to drink from a source of an endless supply. It is not a one-off during the week thing. It is not just when we pick up our Word, which is we need to do. He wants us living active in the Holy Spirit, speaking the language of the Holy Ghost, tapping into the reality of His presence that's with us, the anointing that's on us. And He wants us to drink drink and to drink and to drink. And in fact, there's been moments that I've been out training or out on trail rides and stuff, and I haven't brought my own hydration. But the truth of it is, is somebody else is carrying living water, carrying their hydration, and I've been able to draw on them so that I can stay hydrated in the midst of what I'm trying to do. You know what? There's people that need to draw on the well of what God is doing in our life to the point that they get the revelation that then they can have their own well and draw on their own well. But there are people around us that are thirsty. There are believers around us that are thirsty. There are those that we can take what God's doing in us and He wants to do it through us to help hydrate others. Pray that makes sense. I pray that hits your heart. But we need to listen. We need to listen. We need to listen. God said, I want you to read more than you've ever read before. I believe that I've never been in a season, had a season where I've needed the clarity of God's voice more for the enormity of the outcome than I have in this last season. But it's been amazing as I've had daily readings and I've been working through Nikki Gumbel's Bible in a Year devotion. And it takes me about 45 odd minutes to read every day, every morning. And for me, reading doesn't come easy, but man, I have loved it. 
I've loved it. And it's amazing how many times it has spoken directly into the season, directly into the situation, directly into that day. I encourage you, find a pattern to draw on His Word because in His Word is nourishment and in His Word is a well of everything that you need. I've fasted more this year than I've ever fasted before, not to earn anything, but to enable the clarity that God is calling me to live with, calling us to live with, where are we at in our spiritual disciplines when it comes to the Word, when it comes to prayer, comes to fasting, comes to giving, hearing generously in areas of offering and supporting others? Where are we at in those moments? Oh, well, that's pretty a big spiritual thing. No, 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 that's a Christian thing. And we need to draw in these moments. You know, and while I've got big examples, can I encourage you that His voice and His leading is the same in the small as it is in the big. And as I've followed Him and stepped out in faith for the seemingly small things, and I've seen His faithfulness time and time again. While there have been bigger steps of faith required in the big things that He's spoken, I live with a thousand percent clarity and confidence that He will completely be faithful to what He said because I know that voice. I know that voice. It's the same voice that was in a moment of my quiet time as a 19-year-old that I felt like God said, you're gonna marry Nadia one day. It was that, that, that voice was the same voice that last week when I was in the foyer, I felt like God knows me and say, pay for Phil's coffee. It was the same voice that for Nadia and I caused us to, in expansion, step out in a way that we've at a level we've never done before, but there's a great excitement in our spirit. And it's the same voice that in the busyness of the season that we've had as I was running through different moments that I saw my son Ezekiel sitting, playing with his cars as a three-year-old that he is. The same voice said, stop and sit with him and play cars. It's the same voice. Sometimes we try and say, well, it's a different voice. And He speaks deeper in the bigger things. And He speaks clearer. He speaks. It's the same voice. It's, it's just, you guys got to get confidence. And that's His voice. That's His voice. And when His voice speaks, it's not a suggestion. Come on. It's sovereign. <laughs> it's sovereign. This week on Friday, as my heart was heavy in relation to everything that's going on and the people that I know that it's impacting deeply. I wanted to do so much, but I felt so helpless. And I'm thinking, God, what can we do that's going to help change this for everybody? And I felt like God said, you might not be able to change it for everybody, but you could help one. Why don't you cook a meal for one? And in that moment, I just knew straight away who God put in my spirit, who I could cook a meal for, or we could cook a meal for. And that day, that night, we cooked a meal and was able to deliver it. And it was received well, but I want to tell you, it blessed me so much. Just to be able to go, you know what, God, that was your voice speaking. That was your voice leading. And I was able to respond to it because I was listening. I just want to say to you, He speaks in a way that you understand. I've discovered more this year that I'm visual and He gives me pictures. Come on, like the aircraft carrier, uh, the run like it's done. Uh, we're not here to renovate a building. We're here to restore a city. This is not the landlord shutting the door. This is God opening the next one. I love kind of rhyming sentences. I love words that make a play on scene. And isn't it amazing how Jesus speaks to me in the way that I understand, that connects with how I communicate? That's just like Jesus to do that. That's what He did when He went around. He connected with farmers like farmers, business leaders like business leaders, children like children. And He wants to connect and speak to you in a way that you understand. Stop thinking it has to be, thus saith the Lord. It's natural to you and you'll know it in your spirit. The reason I know it in my spirit is because I don't just listen with my ears, I listen with my heart. I'm gonna invite Robbie and Sam to come and join me because we're actually gonna have a time just to listen. 
the same assurance or the same sense of His presence that I have in worship is the same presence that comes in the moment that He speaks into my spirit and my heart. His presence is with it. His presence is there. His presence is in the midst. Do you not know that you're a temple of the Holy Spirit? His spirit is in the midst. His spirit is in the midst. The third thing, and I'm actually going to have to do a whole other message because I've got about seven more pages. But the third thing, and this is important, I invite him, I listen. But importantly, we need to respond. I respond. When God puts something in your spirit, when He speaks to you in your heart, you need, we need to acknowledge that that's God. If we would just do that, if I would do that better day to day, I believe what God could do and what God would be doing throughout our nation would look markably different. But I think so often what we do is we ask the question, was that God? Oh, was that Him? I mean, did He really want me to fill up that guy's car of petrol? Did He really want me to pray for that person? Did He really want me to just ring that person out of the blue and just see how they're going? And we miss the moments because we ask if it is, rather than getting the confidence that, hey, that had His presence on it. That's a thought that I wouldn't just think in my own ability. That's God. That's the Holy Spirit speaking to me. Then that's come from Jesus. And Jesus is going to Heavenly Father for us. And the Heavenly Father loves His kids and He sees His kids all around. And He's wondering, could He use us? Could He use me to be able to reach that person with His love, with His kindness, with His provision, with His truth, with His Word? But we got to respond. We've got to respond. When I was early in my faith, I felt like God say this to me. Craig, if you do what I ask, I'll do what I promised. If you do what I asked, I'll do what I promised. My part has a decision in the moment. His part is decided. Which is saying that when He knocks in your heart, when He speaks to you, there's something on the other side that's not just about you. I'm going to find a way that I'm going to preach the rest of this message and share it. Maybe we should do Wednesday night church, something like that. Because I want to talk to you about point number four, which is called submit. And then I also want to talk about the Holy Spirit filters that I have. And I also want to talk about what the Holy Spirit doesn't sound like. But when I read that scripture in John 16, we're going to get to that another time. But when I read that scripture in John 16, verse 7, it says, Jesus says, I, I got to go. Unless I go, you know, I get out of the way, the Holy Spirit can't come. And the rhema word in that moment, that revelation in that moment for me was, Craig, unless you get out of the way sometimes, I restrict what the Holy Spirit's wanting to do. He wants to use me. He wants to flow through me. But if I settle in me and what I can see and what I can understand and what I can do and what I know, I will restrict Him. But if I get out of the way, unless I get out of the way, unless I go, 
remove the doubt, remove the having to be in control, remove the unhealthy expectations. Unless I remove me, He's restricted. We hope you enjoyed this podcast from Life. If you have any questions or want to contact someone about this message, visit lifeau.org.